We pray that as you listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. to receive from you today. Touch us and fill us, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm always excited, as always, to give and to minister to you a word because I really believe, though, that this word is for you right now. Most of the time when we prepare, of course, we want just to have a word that is in season for each one of you. And some of the messages we preach, we know won't appeal to everyone when you're talking about marriage because everyone's not married. All these things we understand. But I really believe this is a message that fits everyone. This is one of those one size fits all messages and it's going to fit your life today. But what you've got to do is you've got to put it on and you've got to wear it and you've got to take it. So the title of my message today is, What Do I Do With It? I want to talk today about overcoming the pressures of life. Anyone ever been under pressure? Come on, let me see your hands right now. Anyone under pressure right now? Come on, anyone going to be facing pressures in the future sometime? Come on, if you didn't put your hand up for one of those things, we need to check your pulse and call 911 because you're dead. Because guess what? Pressure is a way of life. We have to deal with pressures. We face pressures through our life. In John chapter 16, Jesus teaches them, 14 through 16, Jesus is teaching them about him leaving, his departure. He talks about the Holy Spirit coming, about him being replaced by the Holy Spirit that was never going to leave them. Jesus talks about he has overcome the world. And then he says these words in John 16 verse 33. He says, these things I have spoken to you. Jesus is saying, I've told you this stuff for a reason, that in me you may have Peace. The New Living Translation says, I've told you that you can have peace in me. We can have peace in God. Read on. In the world you will have what? Tribulations. Watch out. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have trials. You're going to have sorrows. They're going to be there. They're going to face you. Come on, say with me, pressures. We're going to face pressures in life. We're not being negative. God says we're going to face troubles. We're going to have pressures. But be of good cheer. Don't you love that? One translation says take heart. Look at your neighbor square in the eyes and says take heart. Come on, be encouraged today. That's what it means. Be strengthened today. Jesus says, don't be down and depressed about the troubles that's come, but yet take hope, take heart in the fact that I have overcome the world. Everything that you'll face, in other words, Jesus says, I'm greater than. Come on, he's greater than. So we're going to experience pressures in this life, but don't worry. Jesus says, I am greater than any pressure that you will face. 
So I wonder what your it is today. What do you do with it? What are you doing with that pressure? What are you doing with that trouble? What are you doing with that force that's against you that you're under attack with right now? Maybe it could be your marriage. That could be your it right now. That could be the pressure you're facing. You're going through struggles at home. It's not what it needs to be. There's not harmony in the home and and, and there's fighting, there's bickering. And what are we going to do? Maybe it's your kids. Kids can be a big pressure. Hello? I said kids can be a big pressure at times. Maybe your kids are struggling at school. They're not getting on well with the teacher. That's a pressure that you carry. Maybe they've just, their boyfriend or their girlfriend's just broken up with them. They're broken hearted. That's a pressure that you carry as a parent because you feel their pain. Maybe they're away from God. That's a pressure. Maybe your it today is your job. Maybe you're stressed out. Maybe you don't know if you're going to have a job next week. Or maybe you've been told you're going to get promotion and you don't know how you can handle the promotion because now you're going to have to tell other people what to do instead of being told what to do. Pressure! That's maybe your it today. Maybe it's sickness. Sickness can be a real pressure for you. It can be a troubling thing in your life that you wake up every day and, and you've got physical con, you know, restraints upon you and you're, just, you're hurting and you're in constant. That can be a pressure, a pressure. Maybe it's addictions. We don't like to talk about those things, but addictions are a pressure. Most people that you will talk to who are addicted would say these words, I wish I could be free. They feel the pressure of where they are. They see they're pushing their family away. They see that they're blowing their lives, but yet they almost don't know how to change. That's a pressure, pressure, pressure. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's obsessions. Maybe it's pain. Come on, we could go on and on and on identifying the it of your life, but I'm telling you right now, everyone's got an it. Everyone's got a pressure. Everyone's got something that's weighing you down today. The dictionary definition of pressure goes like this. The continued action of a weight or a force. The continued action, almost not relinquishing, not letting up, but just a continued action or a weight or a force. And we all have them. Just some are able to deal with them better than others. No one is exempt from the pressures, the struggles and the trials of life. Just some learn to handle them better than others. Come on, be honest here. How many people here would say that you can handle pressure pretty good? Come on, put your hand up. Handle pressure pretty good. I would put my hand up to that. Most of the time I can handle stress. Most of the time I can make it through. I don't fold. I don't break. We all have our breaking points but most of the time, how many would say you're not good under pressure? Come on, how would nudge your wife or husband's side? You say, you need to put your hand up right now. Come on. We all are different. But what we do with pressure is that which separates the men from the boys separates the good from the best. If you would look in sports, most of your stars, not most of your stars, all of your sporting stars, they would say this of them under the pressure. They don't fault. Under the pressure, they make the catch. He's the go-to guy on the fourth down. He's the one they go to. Why? Because under the pressure, he's going to rise to the challenge. There's many great tennis people. Kelly and I watch, like watching tennis. There's many great tennis players, but there's only a few champions. Why? Because under the pressure, when it gets tough, they can be a great player. But when the pressure gets tough, There's a lot of quarterbacks. There's a lot of people who are labeled as good, but they'll never be great. Why? Because when the pressure comes, they they choke. 
They don't rise to the challenge. So what do you do with it? What do you do with the pressure? What do I do, pastor? This pressure is weighing heavy on me. I woke up with it on my mind and on my heart. I go to bed with it every night. Maybe the pressure has got so intense for some of you that you wonder if you'll even make it, that there'll ever be another day on the other side of it. It's amazing what the world's solution to pressure is. You want to know what the world's solution to pressure is? Learn to deal with it. The world's solution is learn to deal with it. How do they let people deal with it? Medication. Medication is a really big one that they use. Well, you just need medication. Well, I'm depressed. Well, take medication. Well, that medication is making me sick. Well, take this medication. Well, because I'm not depressed and I'm sick, I've got acid reflux now and I've got this. I always laugh at the commercials on TV. They solve one problem and create five more. And that's what the world does. The world doesn't have a solution. All it tells you is you have to deal with it. One of the things the world tells you to is kind of just deny it, push it to a side. You know what the world also tells you to do with pressure? Is this, don't take the responsibility of it anymore. If your kids are, if you're under pressure with your kids, they're saying just, hey, cut them loose and let them do their own thing. Do you notice how the world is just whatever is best for you, just take the easy route, do whatever, because you're going to have to deal with it to so make your life the most comfortably uh, and the most comfortable comfortable you could be. You know, that's the solution of the world. Can I tell you God's solution today? God's solution is to convert the pressure, to convert the pressure. And what does he want us to convert it into? Power. God wants us to use the pressure to become a power in each one of our lives, a power that will promote us, a power that will touch us, a power that will excel us, a power that will better your life. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But there's some things I think we need to realize today from God's Word because God's Word is the only worthwhile source. And we need to look at His Word and and read it. Please, get into God's Word. Look what it says in 1 John 4 verse 4. It says these words, You are of God. You are of God. And remind yourself again of John 16, 33. What did we say? That in this world you're going to be, have troubles, but God says, be of cheer, because in me there's peace. I've overcome the world. Remember that, because what does it say in 1 John 4, 4? You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them because he who is in you. Say with me, in you. That's the key right there. That's the key that you've got to grab a hold of. That's what unlocks the lock. Because understanding that he that wants to be inside of you, oh, there's pressures all around you. Come on, I feel like preaching today. There's troubles all around you. Be of good cheer. Why, I've overcome them. But you've got to realize he's an overcoming God that wants to be inside of you. He wants to give you the strength that you can overcome. Why? Because greater is he. Come on, I wish someone would get excited with me in this place. Greater is he who is within me than he who is in the world. Greater is he. You have overcome them. Now the them that Paul is talking about here, if you would look at the scripture, is actually false prophets. He's talking about false prophets and false people will come and say this and that. Be careful. Overcome that because God wants to be greater in you. But I believe too that this verse is so relevant to the pressures and the struggles and the trials that we face and the troubles that we have in our lives each and every day because they come upon us. But the Bible says, greater is he that is within you than he that's in the world. I've used this example before, but let me use it again. They created this little mini sub 
And it was to go down to discover the wreckage of a ship that had been wrecked. But the depth it had to go through was so deep that they had to build a special submarine that could withstand the pressure because that deep down, just anything would just crush, be completely crushed under pressure. So here's a machine that they construct and build, cost millions to build. And here it is, and they have it, and they're going down, 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 and it's blacker than night, the lower they get. It's pitch black. And in the midst of the blackness, in the midst of the bottom of the ocean, where the pressure is so strong, they flick on their lights, wondering what would they see. And to their amazement, the first thing they see was just a little fish that swam past their porthole. A little fish that deep down. And they were blown away. But what they discovered was this. The reason that little fish could swim that deep down was because it had a greater pressure inside of it than the pressure that was on the outside of it. How many times do we feel that we're just small and unimportant? We may just be a fish in the ocean of life. But God says, greater do I want to be inside of each one of you, that no matter the struggles, no matter the depth, no matter the darkness, no matter the dismay, come on, I can be a stronger pressure inside of you than the pressures on the outside of you. So you can make it through. Be of good cheer. You can make it through. And that's why Paul could write this in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9. He says, but we have this treasure in earth and vessels, in our lives, in our frail bodies, our bodies that have fallen to pieces. Come on, thank God for duct tape. Amen. We've fallen to pieces. Our bodies are not what they used to be. But he says we have a treasure in our lives. Think about that. God could have placed his treasure anywhere, but he wants to place it in you. That the excellence of the power, it's a power that God wants to put, may be of God and not of us. New Living Translation says, this makes it clear that our great power is of God and not ourselves. We're frail, we make mistakes, we fold under the pressure. But guess what? There's a power, a treasure that God has placed inside of us. Verse 8, we are hard pressed on every side. That sounds like pressure to me. Hello? Troubles are coming. Come on, New Living Translation says, we have pressures on every side. But yet what? Not crushed. I love that. We're not crushed. We are perplexed. That means we don't have the answers. Does anyone ever not have the answers to your problems? We don't have all the answers, but guess what? We're not in despair or driven to despair. Why? Because we may be persecuted, but we're not forsaken. I love what the New Living Translation says. We're hunted down but never abandoned by God. Come on, you may be struck down, but what does the Bible say? But we are what? Not destroyed. Struck down, but not destroyed. One version says we may be knocked down, but we're not knocked out. Come on, we're going to make it through. You see, in Christ, you can overcome every pressure that is trying to destroy you because those things are trying to make you doubt God's ability and ableness in your life because that's the intent 
of the struggles. That's what the pressures, that's what their intent is. But I want to tell you right now, God has a purpose for what the enemy intends to destroy your life. Come on, the intent of the pressures of this world is to make you turn your back on God and say, I can't do it anymore. God failed me. God let me down. I guess my kids are never going to be saved. That we give up on our hopes and dreams. That's the intent of the pressures. But God says, I have a purpose for those. And you know what God's purpose is? That God would use those things to build your life, to strengthen your life, to make you better and greater than you have ever been before. You know what pressures do? Pressures bring out what's inside of you. You begin to see who you are when the pressure comes. Come on, it's a revealer of what's in control of your life. We don't like many times what we see and we blame it on the pressure, but really the pressure is just exposing what's inside of us. How do you respond to the pressure? Some of you may say, well, I respond really good. Have you read your Facebook posts? Because when the pressure comes, you can tell when most people are under pressure. Man, I'm miserable. I'm depressed. I can't believe this person. Man, watch what you are putting out there and sharing because it's revealing really what's on the inside of you. Come on, if you want to know how you're responding, look at your texts. Come on, listen to your conversations of what you're having. Why? Because pressures reveal the true you. Or... A true God who is in you. There's two things that's going to be revealed. What's inside of you or a God that wants to live inside of you. And many times when the pressures comes, you know what surfaces? The flesh. Well, when the pressures comes, you know what needs to surface? A true God. I don't know why and I don't know how. Well, I'm going to make it through, but I'm trusting in God. And God's going to bring me through and He's going to help me and He's going to strengthen me. Notice it reveals... Either the true you or a true God that's in you. And trust me, none of us have fully arrived there yet. But we must be arriving. We must constantly be arriving. Look what James writes. And a lot of times I read stuff that these people write in the Bible and say, how could they write stuff like that? I ask myself, goodness me, they must have been superhuman, but they weren't. They put on their trousers the same way we did, one leg at a time. They had to eat like we do. They had the same problems and the same struggles. But the difference between them and me, the difference between them and each one of us is they had a relationship with God. Now we say we have relationship with God and I pray that we do. But I really wonder where our relationship really is. Do we really know God in the extent and to the way that we should? Because these people knew God in a whole lot greater way than most of us chose and choose to know God and live for. Look what it says in James 1 verse 2 through 4. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. My God, that's tough stuff to write right there. Could rejoice when you fall into trials. Notice he didn't say you're thankful for the trials, but in the trials you can still have joy. Come on, you're not joyful for the tribulations and the pressures, but in them you can still have joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord promises to be your strength. The God in you can strengthen you through those trials. Knowing, say with me, knowing. Having an unwavering confidence. Here's where we have the problem. Because we doubt instead of know. Or we kind of think so. We need to know. We need to know. We need to know. Knowing that the testing of our faith, come on, say with me, produces. 
Come on, shout it out with me today. Producers. Come on, what is the testing? What is the pressures of life? What are they called to do in my life? They're called to produce something. They're called to bring about something that God wants to build in my life. And what is that something? He says they want to produce in you patience. Probably better translated an endurance or a perseverance. God wants to produce in you an endurance and a perseverance in your life. And keep reading, it gets better. Verse 4, but let patience, what is patience? The product of what? The trial, the trouble and the pressure that we face. Because when we have those things, we trust God. It produces something in our lives. So remember, patience is the product of the struggle. Let it have its work inside of you. It's perfected work that you and I may be complete and perfect and we will lack nothing. I love the New Living Translation. It says we'll be in need of nothing. Why? Because everything will be provided and handled and taken care of by God. Can you see now why Paul could write 1 Corinthians 4, 7? We have this treasure within our lives because he experienced it first hand, knowing God in such an intimate way. Whatever Satan and the world threw at him, he knew that God was more up to the task. He knew that God was a greater power, a greater pressure inside of him than all the pressures that were around him. We talked about pressure earlier, bringing out what's inside of you. But can I also say it this way? Pressure can also reveal what God has placed inside of you. What God has placed inside of you. Go through a trial. Go through a pressure. Let's use this example. Go through a pressure of sickness. And the doctors give you a bad report. And that's a pressure. But yet you get on your knees and you cry out and God heals you and God brings you through. Guess what happens as a result of that pressure? You come out on the other side with a new compassion that you never realized you had before for those who are sick. Come on, you have a new, when they they say we're going to pray for you, come on, you're moved in your spirit now because you're not just praying a prayer, you're feeling that prayer with them because you know what they're going through. See how the pressure God can use to bring out what's inside of you, perhaps laying dormant? What about this, going through a situation where you think there's no way out. There's no hope. You're going to lose everything and there's no hope for your life. And God miraculously provides and all that. Guess what happens as a result of that? You have a new faith that's built up inside of you. That the next time things happen, what do you say? Hey, I'm not going to worry because if God did it before, God can do it again. You see, God can use the pressures and convert them into power that your life can be different. Look at this scripture, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8 through 10. Paul writes this, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our troubles. In other words, he's saying, we think you should know what we went through. Whatever he went through, we don't really know, but he went through something in Asia. That we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Are you hearing this? Paul is saying this. We were so crushed, we were so overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure that we thought we were going to die. We thought there was no hope. We thought this was it. We were calling the family in. There was no hope. Verse 9. Yes, we had the sentence of death. Notice this. Where? In ourselves. There was a sentence of death inside of us. They had allowed themselves to be so defeated by the pressure of what was around them. 
We expected to die. We thought it was all over. But then here's the key thought. And here's what you need to grab a hold of. Here's the transition over to God. In himself, he felt there was no way we were going to make it. He thought we were going to die. But then he stopped in the middle of it and said, hold on a second. My life is not determined upon me. My life is dependent upon the God whom I serve. My life is dependent upon God. So I'm going to begin to trust God. I'm going to begin to believe God. Like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego said, even if he doesn't come through for us, just let it be known that we're not going to bow. We're going to stand up. We need to have that kind of faith. Even if God doesn't respond, guess what? We're still going to trust him and believe him like he is. So here's the shift. They've got nothing to lose but to trust. And what do they say? But that we should not trust in ourselves, but we're going to trust in God who raises the dead. I love that. In ourselves, we're going to die. In ourselves, it's over. But guess what? We're not going to worry about us anymore. We're going to place ourselves and our trust in God, the one who can raise the dead. So even if we die in this situation, they're saying God can still raise us from the dead. Don't you love that kind of faith? Even if this kills us, guess what? God is still greater and he can raise us from the dead. Verse 10, who delivered us He rescued us. This is them giving an account. He rescued us from so great a death and does deliver us. Here's the thought. He rescued us back then is what they're saying. And he can continue to rescue us in the future. What he did back then, he can still do right now. Come on, that's past tense and future tense. Come on, you got to trust the fact that God is not going to leave you. That greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. You don't worry about the pressures and the trials. But realize as you place your confidence and hope in God, He'll bring you through each and every time. Did you catch that? It's not in our strength. It's not in our abilities because they come to an end. But it's in God. It's in God. So what do I do with it? What do I do with the struggles and the pressures? I have to have God inside of me in a greater way. So the pressure within me is greater than the pressure that's on the outside of me. (coughs) I've got to trust him. I want to give you some lessons. I know time is almost gone. I'm going to give you six lessons. Come on, say with me, six lessons. Six lessons that how you can have a greater God inside of you. And I'm going to show you that when the pressures come, and there's perhaps no greater pressure than being shipwrecked. And that's what Paul faced. And we read of Paul being there as he was going to Rome as a prisoner. But as things didn't go to plan, he found himself shipwrecked. But here's seven or six key points. Look at the scripture says. We're going to read it really quick. Acts 27, 13 through 17 says, Now the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their desire. Putting out to sea, they sailed close to Crete. But long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called a Eurocyclon. And when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of an island called Claude, we secured the skiff, that's the lifeboat, with difficulty. When we had taken it on board, they used the cables to undergird the ship, fearing lest they should run aground on the searcherous sands. They struck sail, and so they were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day we lightened the ship. On the third day we threw over the ship's tackle with our own hands. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. Can I say to you right now, here's lesson number one. Are you ready? Plan ahead. Plan ahead. Why would you say plan ahead? Because storms are going to come. 
pressures are going to come in your life. But with the right planning and the right preparation, they're not going to destroy you. You're going to be ready. When you go on a trip, what do you do? You plan. You plan the hotel. You plan the flights. You plan what you're going to take. You go shopping. You buy everything you want. Why? Because when the time comes, you're going to be ready for those things. You've got to be ready. But being ready and planning ahead doesn't mean we're crippled by fear. A lot of people are crippled by fear because they know the enemy's going to come. So what do they do? They dread taking the next step just in case he comes. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being prepared that when the enemy comes, that he will not be able to knock us down and destroy us. That's why David said in Psalms 119 verse 11, he says, God, your word have I hidden in my heart that guess what? That I will not sin against you. In other words, David is saying, I've prepared for when the trouble comes, when the temptations come, when the pressures come, I've planned ahead so when they come, I'll know what to do that I won't fail you, that I won't let you down. He didn't wait for the troubles to come. You see, the problem with waiting for the troubles to come is many times it can be too late by then. It can be too late. Too late to grab, too late to prepare, too late to do. It's amazing. If you've ever been on a cruise ship, the funniest thing they do is the first thing that you have to do when you go on the ship is go to a lifeboat drill. How encouraging is that? That you're there with your lifeboats and your life vest and you've got everything on and they're telling you about if the ship goes down, here's what you've got to do. Talk about encouraging you. Talk about really building your confidence. The first thing they say is we could go down. But you know what they're doing? They're not planning on sinking. Hello, they're not planning on sinking. I mean, that would be foolish, wouldn't it, for them to leave port knowing they were going to sink? They aren't planning on sinking, but they want us to be prepared just in case we do. Come on, we're not planning on going down. We're not planning and building our hopes that the enemy's going to beat us up this week. We're not, but just in case he does, come on, we're going to be planned. We're going to be ready. We're going to see ourselves not where we are, but where we need to be. We're going to stand upon God's word. We're going to trust God. We're going to set goals. We're going to live ahead. We're going to be what God wants us to be. Come on, plan ahead. Prepare. Here's the next scripture. You ready? Verse 21 through 26. So it says this. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, they beat us. All hope was given up. But after a long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, you should have listened to me. I'm sure they were happy to hear that because Paul told them you shouldn't go because this was going to happen. So he stands and says, man, you should have listened to, to me. But they didn't. They're in the middle of it all. Now they sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God. Don't you love that? In the midst of the darkest time, God sends a messenger. God sends hope, just to remind us, who said, Paul, you belong to me and you're whom I serve. Next one, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who serve with you. In other words, everyone's going to be saved. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe that God will be just as it was told to me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. Do you remember number, point number two? Lesson number one is this, plan ahead. Lesson number two is don't be controlled by fear. Don't be controlled by fear. Verse 22, they said, have heart. That's what he said to them twice in that passage of Scripture. You've got to have heart. Come on, don't be ruled by the wrong power. Fear has its way of creeping in unannounced. You don't even have to announce fear. It becomes present in your life. You don't even have to open the door. It will open the door itself. 
Paul says, have heart, have courage. The Message Bible says, from now on, things are looking up. I like that. Paul says, from now on, things are looking up. Why? Because we can have heart. And as a result, the circumstances are going to change. You've got to remind yourself of this in the midst of pressures. Galatians 6, 9, And let us not grow weary while doing good, doing what's right, for in due season, come on, in time, it's going to happen. We're going to reap. We're going to see blessings. We're going to see God through if we don't what? If we don't lose heart. If we don't give up. Come on. We don't allow our lives to be controlled by fear. God sent Paul an angel. Maybe it may or not happen to you and I. But I can tell you this, you can be strengthened by God's word, prayer, church and others. And that help and strength can give you what you need. Let's jump to verse 33. If you're going to read it all, read it at home. But look what it says, verse 33 through 38. It says, And as the day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food, saying, Today is the 14th day. You have waited and continued without food and eaten nothing. You know what Paul was telling them if you would read through 38? Paul was telling them this, lesson number three. Are you ready? You've got to have a stable diet. You've got to feed on God. He was telling them, we've got to eat. We haven't eaten for 14 days. We're run down. You and I have got to remind ourselves that we've got to keep eating. It's so easy in the pressures and the trials of life to lose your appetite for God. It's so easy to lose your appetite from God. And this is why many times we lose our appetite. Have you ever said as a parent to your kids, the reason you're not hungry for your supper is because you're filled up on all junk stuff? Isn't it amazing that we can lose our appetite from God because we're filling our lives with the junk, the things that are not going to sustain us and the things that are not going to help us. We've got to watch. We've got to have a stable diet in our life. They took nourishment, which resulted in them being strengthened. They were encouraged. But guess what else? That strengthening produced a stamina inside of them. Why did they need a stamina? Because there was still a storm they had to go through. There were still days that they had to fight through some things. There were still some troubles that laid ahead head, but God wanted to be that stamina. God wanted to be that what would help them. You know, the first thing that we do when we go under pressure is this, we turn away from God. Stop reading the Bible. We stop praying. We stop coming to church. As a kid, you know what we were taught? When there's problems, you run to the house. You run to the house. Most people today, when there's problems, you never see them in the house. Because they're running from the hats. You've got to come to where your strength is. What did David say in Psalms 122 verse 1? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He didn't say I was glad because everything was hunky-dory and everything was great and A-OK. He said there was troubles and probably things that were happening in my life. But I was still glad when I could come to God's house because I knew if I could make it into the house of God, I could find strength and I could find encouragement. Verse 36, as they fed, they nourished themselves, they were encouraged. Come on, you need to encourage yourself. Look at the next verses, 42 through 43. It says these words, And the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they who could swim jump overboard first and get to land. Are you ready? Lesson number four, you've got to remind yourself of God's faithfulness. In the midst of the trials, you've got to remind yourself of God's faithfulness. What did they have to do? They had to jump. They had to swim. What does that speak of? You've got to have faith. You've got to have faith sometimes when you don't know what's going to happen. And you've got to jump overboard. And you've got to leave those things that maybe have been a comfort to you because God's wanting to stretch you. What did David say when he stood before Saul? David said, the reason I can beat this giant is why? Because I faced a lion and I faced a bear. 
What did he remind himself of? The faithfulness of what God had already done in his life. He remembered God's faithfulness during his past experiences and he knew the God that did it then was the God that can do it again. Someone said it this way, you've got to remind yourself that we've been here before. Come on, we've been here before. We've been here before and we're still breathing. We're still living. We made it through. Why? Because greater is he that is within us. God brought us through. Yes, it's still scary at times, but God's got a track record that speaks for itself. And you know what his track record is? No one has ever gone down on his watch. Come on, he has never lost anyone on his watch. And I want to tell you right now, you're not going to be the first. Well, what about me? Maybe I'll be the first. I'm telling you right now, you will not be the first one. And verse 44, it goes on. If they couldn't swim, they were instructed. And the rest take some boards and some parts of the ship. And so it was, they all escaped safely to land. Number five, are you ready? You've got to hold on. You've got to hold on. They grabbed a hold of whatever they could and it brought them to safety. You cannot let go. First Thessalonians 5 verse 21 says, Test all things and hold fast to what is good. You and I have got to have white knuckle syndrome. We've got to hold on. I read a story years ago about a guy who was in a small airplane. Just after it took off, the door was opened a little bit. He, went, he was one of the pilots at the front, the co-pilot. He went to shut the door. When he went to shut the door, he was sucked out of the plane. They were freaking out on the plane, didn't know what had happened. They asked to make an emergency land and turned around, came back down. And when they landed the plane, much to their amazement, the man who had been sucked out of the plane was hanging onto the undercarriage of the aeroplane. He was hanging there. And as they tried to remove him, he was now safe. He had held on so hard because his life depended on it. Listen, they had to break every one of his fingers in order for him to release that plane because in his mind, he couldn't release it because if he let go of it, he knew he was going to die because of the shock and what he had been through. He was holding on because his life depended on it. Man, we need some people with some white knuckles in the church that will hold on no matter what and keep trusting God because the enemy says, let go and give up. It's hopeless. But come on right now, nothing needs to pry us off from keeping trusting and believing God. Wow, I wish I had more time to preach this. Come on, there's going to be plenty of people out there that won't understand. Hold on. There's going to be people out there that says you're a fool, but they don't see what you see. They don't know what you know. They don't feel what you know. But who is in charge of your life? It's God. You've got to trust him. Greater is he that is within you. And the last one is this, Acts 28, next chapter, verse Verse 1 through 5 says this, um, it says, Now when we had escaped, they found that on the island was called Malta, and the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome, because the rain was fallen and because it was cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and he laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened onto his hand. So when the people around saw the creature hanging from his hands, they said, No doubt this man is a murderer. He thought he had escaped the sea, yet now justice has not let him live. But what did he do? He shook it off back into the fire and he suffered no harm. Number five, here's what you got to do. Lessons. Are you ready? You got to shake it off. Come on. You got to shake it off. You got to shake those things off. You got to trust God. The storms and the trials and the troubles that we can have. Come on. They are to produce an awesome testimony inside of us. But you know what else they can produce? We can become cynical. Come on. We can begin to become judgmental. We can allow the circumstances to cause us to be bitter. Come on. Bitterness is a massive thing. 
that we can go because of the pressures. Well, they did that to me and they were allowed this. Come on, you've got to shake those things off because they will destroy your life. They will beat you up and they will knock you down. Why did this happen? Why did God shake those things off? If we're asking why, you're asking the wrong way. Because you don't need to ask why, you need to ask what. What is internal? What, God, are you trying to do through this situation to change my life? Shake off the whys and grab a hold of the whats and see what God wants to do inside of you. Come on, you've got to shake off negativity. You've got to shake off the past. You've got to shake off the sins of your past. And you've got to hold on to what is good. Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, meditate on these things. So really what we've done today is this, or really what I've done for you today is really welcomed you to my world because this is what I do when the pressures and the trials come in life. This is how I fight through. What do I do? Number one, I plan ahead. I'm ready because I'm in God. Come on, daily I'm ready. I'm reading his word. I'm praying. I'm daily preparing my life. Come on, I'm coming against the fears and the lies of the enemy inside of me. I'm not being controlled by those things. Come on, I'm having a stable, balanced diet. Come on, I have a stable life. A good lifestyle that's stable, not this way on Sunday and then that way the rest of the week. A stable daily life. I reflect back on God's faithfulness. I remind myself if he did it before, he can do it again. And I now hold on to everything like my life depends on it because it does. Come on, holding on to God like it depends on it. My life because it truly does. And then I shake it off. And you know what else I shake off? I shake off the positive as well as the negative because sometimes success can be a biggest destroyer than failure. We've got to shake off those things and keep it fresh. So what do I do with it? Can I have my prop, please? So what do I do with it? What do I do with it? The world says you have to deal with it. God says you don't have to deal with it. You can convert it. I want to show you something right now. And that is this. When the pressures come, You know what you can do in God? When the pressures come, you know what's going on, don't you? When the pressure comes, come on, we're building up pressure. We're building up pressure. But you know what God wants to do? God wants to use that pressure to do something inside of you. Come on. God wants to use that pressure. Come on, when the pressure comes, God wants to convert that pressure into a power that's going to make you an overcomer in Christ Jesus. So you can look at the storms and throw your hands in the air and say 1 John 4 verse 4, greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. And notice the greater the pressure, the farther it will shoot. Come on, the greater the pressure, the further your life can go in God. Would you stand to your feet with us today? Precious Jesus, just lift your hands up wherever you're at right now. Just begin to lift your hands up right now. Come on. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.